So um, here, I, I want you to know, um, for the last, uh, I don't know, for the last month, uh, you know, I, I like watching TV. I watch a lot of sports and so forth. And so um, I've been waiting for a really good commercial, but I haven't seen one for a while. And so, I mean, I waited for three weeks, but I finally saw it. I saw a really, really good commercial. And so um, it's a little bit long. It's about a little bit over three minutes, but I'm going to show it to you tonight because I think it's one of the best commercials I've ever seen. So um, if you, maybe you can actually kind of watch it and see, because I didn't really have a clue what they were actually, the commercial was all about until I got to the very end. So here you go. Let's watch it. Here we go. Wow. Isn't that an amazing commercial? I think that's one of the best commercials I have ever seen. I just, I sat there and watched it. I bawled my head off. I know you all are crying with me, but it was just an amazing. Now listen, there was a, there's a whole lot going on in that commercial. Um, so let me just break it down. So you have, you've got a grieving spouse. You've got this husband who's grieving and, and longing for, you know, and did you see how many years it's been by how many wreaths that he stacked up? Then you have um, a daughter who is extremely concerned about her father and her well-being. And you have a bond between the father and the daughter there, Tam Tam. And then you have, um, what I love this part, because to me it was almost like a reflection of the church. It was, um, you have the community and you've got these neighbors that all chip in and they go and get the car in the middle of the night and they restore this, this beautiful, um, this car that was you know, all battered and they put it back together again. And then you got, well, of course, you got the dog in there, Urkel. And so you can't have a great commercial without a dog, right? And by the way, I looked this up. Urkel in the Greek literally means ride. And I, I totally made that up. I just, I just made that up. And so, um, and so Urkel, you got to put Urkel in there. And so you got that. And then, of course, at the very end, you've got, you know, the father saying to his daughter, Tim, Tim, this is, you know, the greatest gift you could ever give me. And so, and so when I watched that commercial and I was reflecting upon um, my thoughts tonight, the key word there was, it was the word restoration. And so, I mean, in the middle of all that, that commercial, I mean, to me, what I loved about the commercial is I didn't feel like they were selling anything. So normally car commercials, right? You see someone who's a sales guy who's got flashing all these numbers and they're going to give you whether you can lease this car for $249 a month and then they can give you, and by the way, if you want to buy it, you, you don't even have to, it's zero down. You know, I didn't, you didn't get any of that. What you did was you got a story. And the story really focused around a car. It wasn't just any car, but it was a car that really reflected upon some memories. And they took the old beat up car and they restored it. So I was doing my sermon preparation this week and then I was reflecting upon it. And um, as I was typing up my message and putting it all together, I uh, got several cards this last week. And thank you all so much for your beautiful Christmas gifts that you gave to me and our family. And we're thankful for the love offering that you all extended to our, our staff. We're grateful for that. So I got a lot of different cards. And so in the middle of that, as I'm typing up my sermon, I, I got this one from um, my friend Carolyn uh, Lee. And it says, um, it quoted Matthew. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call him, call his name Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. And, and so, mainly when I started and reflected upon that particular quote as I was thinking about this, I started thinking about, you know, the idea of saving. We, we need saving, and so when we think about the idea of saving us, there's this, I mean, there's this assumption that somehow in the midst of our lives that we all need, there's also restoration. We all need to be restored back to our original beauty, right? And so I love that, that the text that we find in the 
well, you got to go back to this, you know, if you don't know anything about me and my preaching, I know there's a bunch of people who are visiting tonight, but I always tell you the story before the story. And the story of the before the story, and really where everything kind of what the whole idea of restoration, the whole need that we need to be saved, that quote that I just read to you all. And it comes, so this is how it all breaks down, just real quick. So the woman could see that the tree was beautiful and the fruit looked so good to eat. So she, well, she also liked the idea that it would, well, make her wise. So she took some of the fruit from the tree and she ate it. And her husband was there with her. So, she, well, she gave him some of the fruit and he ate it. And then there was, well, it, it was as if their eyes were open and they saw things, well, just differently. And then they saw that they were, well, they saw that they were naked. So they got some fig leaves and they sewed them together and, well, they wore them for clothes. And during the cool of the part of the day, the Lord was walking in the garden and the man and the woman heard him and they hid from them in the trees of the garden. And the Lord God said to Adam, Adam, where are you? So in the story, the story before the story, we, we find there's a need for, well, this is the beginning of brokenness. It's the beginning of of all our brokenness. We have it in the story. And so Jesus has come, and we find in the Gospel of Matthew tonight that when he came to save us, to redeem us, to restore us to our original beauty. You know, I love that, the text tonight, because it, when, when it says, and Angie just sang, I always have Angie sing the song, it's one of my favorite Christmas songs, and she sings it for us every year, God is with us. And so what's very interesting, as I shared with you all last week in my message, that when Matthew, God wants us to, uh, um, Matthew wants us to understand that Jesus Christ is with us forever. Don't miss the detail, because the last thing you find in the Gospel of Matthew, and the words of Jesus, his own lips, he says, teach them, teach them to obey everything that I have told you to do. You can be sure that I will be with you always, and I will continue with you until the end of time. Jesus. God is with us forever. And so what I love about this, this text tonight, I, so there's that phrase, he will save his people from their sins. He's going to do this, which he did. Uh, save us from our own sinful nature and all his people. And which I love up this part because that means you and me, all of us. We find a covenant in the Old Testament where God established the covenant with Abraham. But you know what? Here's the beautiful thing. In the New Testament, we find Jesus established a covenant with the whole world. And so he's come to save us, he's come to restore us, he's come to redeem us forever. And then we find this last little detail um, from, well, the root of our problem and our sins. And what I love about this is that we're all, I mean, we're all in the same boat here. We're all broken sinners. We've all messed up at some point in life. And we all need to be saved. We can kind of amen on that. And that we all need to be restored back to our original beauty. And I, I can amen on that. And, and here's the great thing. Evidently, we, you and I are fixable people. Because if, if we weren't fixable, then why in the world would God put together this salvation, save us, restore us plan? And he put it all together in the beautiful child of Jesus Christ. I like the idea that I'm fixable. You know, two years ago, um, I was able to be with you all on Christmas Eve. I actually watched it from home. And uh, because, you know, I was actually in a hospital bed in the middle of my living room. And that's not a very pleasant way to do Christmas Eve. And I can tell you, as God is my holy witness, I, I was not in a good place. I was broken physically, emotionally, spiritually. 
And you know what's beautiful that I've found over the last couple of years is I found that God has seen something in me that he's able to fix. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? That we're all fixable, even in the midst of our brokenness, whatever we've gone through in life. I know that people in this room here tonight, they're in some kind of, maybe been in some kind of recovery program. And the good news for all of us tonight is that I'm telling you, God's my holy witness is that we're all fixable. Thanks be to God. So let me just share this last little part today. Um, you know, Jeff read just a, Pastor Jeff read something from the Gospel of John. And, and so if, if you could really kind of summarize the Gospel of John in, in really so many words, there were actually, there were like four key words. It has to do with, um, well, it has to do with light. And it has to do with life. And it has everything to do with love. And it has everything to do with the word. Now, here's an interesting thing, and I don't know if you realize, I actually shared this last year, um, but, you know, chances are you might not remember what I said last year. Matter of fact, I have, probably most people don't even remember what I said last week, but that's okay. And and so, but last year, I I reminded us that, you know, one of my favorite days of the year, it's not just Christmas Day, you know, 25th of December is, I I love 25th of December. You know, one of my favorite days of the whole year is December 22nd. And the reason why December 22nd is near to my heart is because the winter solstice is on December 21st. And what happens on December 22nd is we're pushing back light and we're moving towards more light. Do you realize that it wasn't until the 16th century we had two different calendars. We had the, the Julian calendar for the first like 1,500 years and the last 500 years we had the Gregorian uh, Gregorian calendar. And so the original calendar marked Christmas on December 25th, which was the winter solstice, but they changed it. And so now the winter solstice falls on the 21st. So actually, if you really want to be authentic, the reason why they chose Christmas on December 25th is because it was the day of the winter solstice. And from that day forward, we were moving towards more light. Because Jesus said, he is and will always be the light of the world. I mean, I just love that because the whole calendar, it focuses on Jesus Christ. And most people have no clue. That's why we picked the December 25th day. It goes back, you know, 2,000 years ago. It has to do with pushing back, pushing back darkness and moving towards the light. So I started to think about this this last week and think about how, you know, how powerful that is that, that God came in the incarnation of Jesus Christ in this humble little child lying in a manger and he had the power to push back all of darkness. Now think about that. Just think about the magnitude of that. So the, the, the thought of my mind this last week about what's the closest thing I think can think that happened this last year about pushing back something really, really big. And so I don't know if you remember this, but this happened uh, back in March. And so let me show you this picture of the ship. Um, do you know that that blocked the Suez Canal? Now, that's not any ship. That's one of the biggest ships in the world. Do you know how long it takes to move an object like that? Six days. And matter of fact, here's an aerial view. I mean, you know what? That just wreaked havoc all over the world. Amazing how one object could basically bring so, so much to a standstill. And it took a bunch of ships, a whole lot of tugboats, and a whole lot of ingenuity to finally move that ship off its mark. 
And what I love about this Christmas story tonight, folks, is that Jesus Christ has the power to push back all of darkness and move us towards light. So here's a great quote uh, from C.S. Lewis. I, I, I think it's just, it, it just sums it all up. Once in our world, a stable had something in it that was bigger than our whole world. Jesus Christ, the light of the world. So here, I close with this. You know, um, once again, we have light and we've got life and we got love. And if you look at the Gospel of John, if you want to think a summary of, of what John is really all about, but it is the incarnation of Jesus Christ and it's the embodiment of love. That's the reason why he gives this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. So there's the theme. You got light. You got everlasting life. You got the culmination of what Christ is really all about. It is love. And you got the word. And the word literally means logos, which means that when you look at Jesus Christ, according to the gospel of John, you're looking at the face of God. Or you're looking at the heart of God. You're looking at the knowledge of God. You're looking at the mind of God. That's what the literal translation of Logos literally means. So I'll close with this thought tonight. You know, the kids just read a few minutes ago the Gospel of Matthew. I love that story of the Magi. And so the early Christians, they weren't called early Christians. Early Christians were called followers of the way. And what's very interesting, when the Magi finally found their, well, you know, there's that little point where they, you know, Herod said to them, hey, listen, when you find Jesus, come back and tell me so I can come and pay homage to him. I was worshiping too. Liar, liar, right? Share with you all last week. Liar, liar, pants on fire. And so, so then the Lord came to them in a dream and the angel told them, hey, listen, don't go back to him. He's a bad, he's a bad dude. And so they went a different route and the word there, root, in the Greek is a different way. And so what Jesus Christ has come and embodied all of for us tonight is to show us a brand new way of light, of life, of love, and what it means to really worship the one who's the embodiment of the word and the face of Almighty God. So as we go out these doors tonight and we're going to transition from light to darkness, know within a shadow of doubt there's more light tomorrow. Amen.